Hey everyone, this is Tyler. This is part two of our pilot episode, What If Alabama Never Hired Nick Saban? If you missed part one, make sure to go check that out. If you have, let's go. How would the world of sports look today if one injury, one trade, one singular moment had played out differently? This is the show that replays the shoulda beens, coulda beens, and great what ifs in sports. This is Replay the Down. All right, Nathan, what you got? Yeah, so we're looking at uh, what would have happened to conferences with realignment, uh, with these TV deals, with the parody, Jason. What would have happened had Nick Saban not gone to Alabama? Nick Saban has made the SEC the SEC. The Southeastern Conference is not anything like it is today if Nick Saban doesn't go back to Alabama. I will give the SEC uh, the benefit of the doubt and still say it would be the most dominant uh, conference in college football in the FBS, but it would not look the same way that it is uh, today. The dominance, the gap between it and the next conference, whether you're arguing that's the Big Ten or something else, uh, it would be much smaller than it is today. Nick Saban himself has seven, counting his one with LSU, seven national championships in the BCS and the college football playoff error. If I'm doing my math right and counting correctly, uh, the rest of the SEC has, you guessed it, that's right, seven. And so I think Saban would have been an average to above average uh, NFL coach, but I think his heart, his knowledge, his experience uh, is in college football. Imagine Nick Saban goes back to college football though, and he takes one of those jobs, one of those openings perhaps uh, that would have been available. Maybe he goes to Texas, maybe he goes to USC, maybe he goes home to West Virginia of all places, um, or Pittsburgh. Notre Dame. And the list could go on and on, you know, to Notre Dame. I think the Notre Dame uh, piece would could have had less of an impact, right? As an independent, if he goes to Notre Dame and he's successful there, I think the SEC could have continued to chug along and would have been perhaps close to as dominant as it is today. But what if he goes to any other conference Besides the SEC, I think he would have raised that conference's profile to be either more dominant than the SEC or almost as dominant or on par, right? If you have Ohio State and an amazing Michigan State or an amazing Nebraska, right? We always hear about, you know, the big red nation of Nebraska. What if they're now dominant with Ohio State or it's Texas and Oklahoma, and not just Texas because it's a big state with a big name, but because they're killing it on the football field. Uh, what if he comes to the ACC and it's with Miami or Florida State, along with Dabo and Clemson Bander to do their thing? You know, I think in college football, if you have two to three teams in a conference that are really in the national championship conversation, the perception, and I think the reality, but the perception of your conference is just totally different. Shocker, I'm going to agree with you. Because I'm right, I know. <laughs> Why do you think that, though, Jason? Uh, Nick Saban, I think he's built for the college game. He's built in the recruiting aspect, you know, for the recruiting aspect. Uh, you know, you listen to the recruits, um, parents that have met Nick Saban, been in the room with him. You know, they have. A, he has a plan for for the kid when he comes in there to recruit. He's very good at recruiting. Knows how to sell the school and sell himself, um, and sell the parents on on what he likes to do. Also, what he likes to do, the, the meticulous planning, the, um, you know, the defensive planning, the 
I mean, he's very hard on players. I mean, if you listen to the practices and what they do, he's extremely tough on his players. That usually doesn't work in the NFL. Kids, kids will do it. Um, you know, they're still learning. So he likes molding them, teaching them how to do it. Uh, so, yeah, I think he fits the college game. I mean, I, re- I really do. And I think anywhere he went between his relentless style, I mean, he does not give up and give in. And his, lack of a better term, process for how he does things translates so well to the college game, more so than the NFL. It's fascinating to think if he would have ended up at a different college. You know, you mentioned Texas. I, I think Texas, and they were up at the time, too. I mean, they, Alabama played Texas. I, I think Was that for Saban's first title, maybe? Uh, you know, Texas was up with Mac Brown, but if he ends up at Texas, you know, maybe a couple of years later or something, if he, since he didn't go to Alabama, I think Texas is Alabama, maybe, because they have the resources, they have the talent in state, they have the support and the boosters and, and to be able to do what Alabama's done. But I, I think what you said, West Virginia or Nebraska, like, what an interesting case study that would be, and a dominant elite coach that goes to a good but not dominant school. Nebraska's really been down for a while, but could he have had success in Nebraska? But I also think about, you know, SEC and what he turned it into, what you were talking about. Like, if he doesn't, maybe you're getting into this some, Nathan. What does that mean for realignment? If the SEC doesn't become so dominant, do Texas and Oklahoma go there? I don't think so. Um, and I think the whole realignment conversation looks differently. I think realignment still happens, you know, around that same time. Uh, Miami and Virginia Tech, and I think a year later, Boston College were already on their way to the ACC. And by the time uh, Saban gets to Alabama, they're already part of the ACC. So that expansion had already started to happen. I think the question of what would the Big Ten have done in the SEC is really the question. Would the Big Ten have reached uh, out and gotten Rutgers from the Big East and Nebraska from the Big 12? And would Missouri have left uh, the Big 12? Then the expansion on the the West Coast or in the West with Colorado and Utah um, leaving their respective conferences. Well, and now, and now USC and UCLA go into the Big Ten. I mean, I, probably none of this happens if you don't get this dominant conference. Yeah, so South. I think you know, as much as Jason doesn't like the word parity, I think that Nick Saban, <laughs> and I think, Jason, you're on the same page, like Nick Saban has destroyed the idea of parity in college football for right now, I think. With the expansion of the playoff, I think we'll have at least the illusion of parity. I think the results will likely be the same, where we still have four or five teams that each year are really going to be favored to win uh, the national championship, even though there's more field, a bigger field and more teams that get to participate at the end of the year. That's a take for a different time. I mean, has anybody been to Tuscaloosa? Has anybody been to Tuscaloosa? <laughs> I mean, it's not the greatest town in the world. I've been there quite well, a few. Well, this is why I like the idea of Lincoln, Nebraska, <laughs> yeah. or Morgantown, West Virginia, or you know Pittsburgh, which actually is, you know, I'll give it a big you city. Want a re- you want you yeah. want to parody? You want parody? Recruit yeah. better, <laughs> hire better coaches. I mean, so, that's how you get. So parody. I think there would have been parody had he gone to another league, and I think to specifically to a place that hasn't been successful you know if he goes to Ohio State he goes to um, Georgia if he goes to another team that is already having success um, currently like in in the real reality um, I don't think we have as much parity but if he goes to another program that either had been having success and he's able to sustain it or hadn't had any recent success then there is parity and because of that I do think 
uh, that realignment looks totally different. You know, we can make the arguments that we're following the money and the different conferences wanted uh, bigger markets. Um, but who wouldn't take Alabama right now, right? The market is is one thing as far as TVIs, and we know the age of streaming has changed a lot of this as well. But but winning changes everything. Winning's how you build your brand. Uh, people care less, I think, about where your school is located uh, than whether or not it's entertaining and has a chance to be successful. And so, no, I don't think I, you know. I th- my take is there'd be more parity. There'd been less realignment, and I think we would have saved a couple of conferences if we have a competitive big. East, even with the rack, and I know that's low tier group of five uh, or other league, but it, it gets to a little bit of what we were talking about before. Uh, Colin Cowherd oftentimes talks about the regionalization of college football and that part of the challenge that the sport has is that it, you know, it's really the South and some of the Midwest that care about the sport. If there is more parity, beloved Jason, I think it becomes a more of a national sport which makes it less of a necessity even, I think, to do realignment because there are conferences and teams all over the country that are viable. They're attracting eyeballs and dollars that go along with those eyeballs. And so, no, I don't think we wouldn't be on the course of realignment that we're on, which seems like we're going to have two super leagues uh, in a matter of a couple of years. Yeah. So I'm curious from an NFL perspective, though, what this looks like. Jason, what's kind of your take? All right, so would Saban have eventually succeeded in the NFL? You know, I, I, I honestly don't believe so unless um, one thing happened. What if Drew Brees had actually come to the Dolphins and passed the medical? Would he have had success? Without this happening, I don't believe, in my personal opinion, Saban would have had any success. Unlike, you know, college to a certain degree, you can't um, just go out and just keep throwing QBs at the wall until you find one. I mean, there's a very limited pool of NFL quarterbacks and you don't have the pick of players. So I believe unless they he got a game changing quarterback, I don't think Nick Saban would have lasted much longer in the NFL. Uh, Drew Brees, we all know what he did. He went and won a Super Bowl with New Orleans. I mean, you could have put that kind of arm talent on the Dolphins, um, you know, who had obviously a uh, bad year with Culpepper. But the year before, um, you know, they, they, he was seven and nine, and he was still trying to f- uh, find his. Um, quarterback. So if you put Drew Brees with him and his defensive mind, I do believe that that would have at least got him into the playoffs, maybe even a championship because we don't know how he, you know, how he'd been. He didn't like coaching under Bill Belichick. So I I mean, Bill Belichick is one of the best coaches ever in the NFL. And so that tells you there's two totally different styles in there that we don't see because both of them are notoriously private in what they do. So there's something there that doesn't translate uh, from college to NFL that that Bill Belichick does because Nick Saban spent four years under Belichick and he said it was some of his worst years of his life <laughs> and so that tells you what you need to know and that was in the NFL so I don't think Nick Saban was personally happy you know in the NFL and the way the game goes it's totally different than college but I think if he had had Drew Brees got into the playoffs Anything could happen. He could have stayed for at least another few years, maybe won a championship and been mediocre. I mean, I think you're right when you say like he's more built for college. 
and I think you look at this like with Urban Meyer too recently, you don't see a lot of, you know, I think Spurrier tried it. I mean, you don't see a lot of successful college to NFL transitions as far as coaching. And I think part of that has to do with with the talent. I think these guys are so used to getting all their five-star and four-star guys as they want, having lots of guys they can throw at a position, see what works. Um, and in the NFL, you get one first-round draft pick. In college, Saban gets 25 first-round draft picks. Like It's just he can get kind of the talent he wants, and he's limited to that in the NFL. And, and I think also just... Was the whole thing with like Richie Incognito? Did that go down at, at during Saban's time, where like there was this like this bullying thing? And and I and I think part of it's also just just that culture of I can control kids, eighteen year olds, 20, twenty year olds more than I can control thirty year old millionaires. Though now this whole money element's coming with and that are grown NIL, men that are yeah, grown that's totally men different. that have families <laughs> that they have had success. They don't need you like. I think there's that element and I think it just doesn't work. It takes the right coach to be able to do that. Um, and, and I agree. Safe. It's probably more of a college guy for sure. And I think eventually, I think Nathan, you said this earlier, like he eventually would have ended up back in, in college. Yeah. I think even if he'd gotten breeze, you know, how long would that run have been? Um, would it have been differently? Absolutely. I think it would have been different. Um, Drew breeze fan. Um, but I think you're right. The QB makes such a difference um, in the NFL. And they're playing in the AFC East with, like you said, who's there in the AFC East? Oh, yeah, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, the Nick Saban of NFL. Um, so welcome to trying to win division championships um, and get out of your division with the goad of coaching for the NFL in your division. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it, you know, they'd had some good, good run with uh, Breeze, but – I, I do. My take is that he would have definitely ended up back up somewhere in college where he had so much success. I think one of you said it earlier, he he didn't know what it was to lose uh, very often until he got to the Dolphins. His first losing season, I believe, um, as a coach was with the Dolphins that second year. And so didn't 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 like that taste. So went to Alabama um, to try to fix that. Uh, my next statement is. Would Nick Saban, if he did not get a quarterback, how would he have done as a NFL coordinator? Because um, we know that he was previously a defensive coordinator. Would he have gone back if he had not a gut Drew Brees, stayed there, got fired? Because he, he was, you know, he was not doing good at the Dolphins, I and mean, that season was not a success with uh, Dante Culpepper, and he didn't have any option to go to college. Say so no college team wanted him. Would he have stayed on and been a coordinator? Would he have gone to Pittsburgh up there? Because Mike Tomlin's up there. Would he have gone up there, you know, the new Iron Curtain <laughs> or Steel Curtain? So, I mean, would he have done that? I believe that he would have found great success as a coordinator in the NFL, especially with uh, knowing the defensive players on the defensive side of the ball. He's an excellent defensive coach, and he has a, I think his personality lends itself more to a coordinator in the NFL. Man, I don't know. This one I'm not sure on because I think he likes being the man. He is I was such, say, he's he, not number he is two. the CEO. He is the CEO. But he had been humbled at that. Well, everybody point. likes being the man. Too. No, no, they I, don't. Know. <laughs> I, I don't know that that's true. But, that's not true. Uh, yeah. I think he had been humbled enough at that point. Maybe he could have done well. I don't I don't know that it would have lasted. I think he eventually, uh, you know, you look at like Charlie Weiss when he was under, I think, Belichick. He eventually went to be a head coach at Notre Dame. 
I think even if he had success as a defensive coordinator, uh, which you're right, he may have. He's he's been very good with with defensive backs, but I think he eventually that pull would have still pulled him back to college. Eventually, uh, he may have had another chance in the NFL at that point. I mean, Pete Carroll came back to the pros after being terrible his first run with the Patriots, but uh, you know, I I think I think he could have been successful, but he still eventually would have wanted to be the a head coach, whether it was NFL or. Yeah, totally agree totally agree yeah if he couldn't get another gig at the level he wanted whether that was nfl or uh bcs school at that time or bcs conference school at that time then sure uh you do what you need to do to uh, i would say pay your bills i don't think he was struggling with that but you do what you need to do to further your career um but yeah he would have sought out that head coaching job um, whether that was back in college or nfl i think you know within a season or two absolutely I think the place where he's made for is college, and I think he would have found his way back there eventually, even if he ended up as a coordinator after you know getting fired from the Dolphins or leaving the Dolphins, whatever happens. I think he eventually found his way back to college. Somebody would have eventually hired him um, in any scenario. Yeah, he won. He'd already won in the SEC and had won in the Big Ten. Like there, I think we're he's getting another what we call you know power five job now uh, if he wanted it whether it was alabama or somewhere else yep agreed he may have found a way for it but i still believe that his his strengths are defense and recruiting and people so you can't put that into place in the nfl part of the challenge is success in the nfl is so different than success in college football i think that's part of the 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 fascinating, exciting part of college football and why I'm a fan of parity. You know, going 10 and 2 in the MAC and winning the MAC, I think is what he did with Toledo, is a huge successful uh, season for the Rockets there in Northwestern Ohio. Uh, going 9 and 7 and missing the playoffs like he did his first year with the Dolphins is a sign for growth uh, and maybe potential improvement in the NFL. But you can only go nine and seven so many years before you lose your job in the NFL. Two. And he's got the page. Be, well, you got the. They went. Did they go six and ten or something? The yeah. Same year? But how many of those types of seasons would he have gotten? And you've got again the Patriots are in that division, um, with Belichick and and Brady getting ready to do their thing, and so it's just such a different. They're, they're so different sports. Um, to where yes, you could he could have stayed at Toledo forever, <laughs> kept going the ten and two, and been considered successful. That's not going to nine and seven every year in the NFL. Just is going to get the job done. You guys alluded to earlier, like, and especially you, Nathan. Like, he finds a way to adjust. Would he, if if he stayed, if if you had a patient owner who would have kept with him, would he have eventually figured it out? I, I think he may have. Um, I don't know that his heart still would have been there. And, that, and that's why I think it would have been a college, but I, I think he may have ended figured it out. But, you know, you talk about the quarterback aspect, Jason, and I think people forget just looking at Alabama today and what they've had the last five, six years, like Tua, I think was really his first NFL level but there's a difference between right. NFL level and I mean, college superstar quarterback. No, that's what I'm saying though. Like he had guys that could could produce. Was that Greg McElroy? You know, what, what were some of these guys like? He didn't. He had dominant defenses. That's that's what kind of started his juggernaut. But he it, there was a good 
four or five years, I think, before he really had a stud quarterback. So could he win with without a stud quarterback? Yes, in college. Uh, to your point, there's a big difference between an NFL-level quarterback and a college-level quarterback. And so could he have created such a dominant defense that would have been like Trent Dilfer in the Bucks? I don't know that he could have in the 2010s that the games just evolved where you had these dominant quarterbacks. If he was around in the late 90s or early 2000s with an NFL team, maybe he could have made that work. But it's you know it's crazy to me that that's actually a great in, point. In Tyler. the whole world, we I think he missed his window in the 90s, 80s, 90s. Yeah, yeah. I I mean it's crazy to think like in the in the world with as many people as we have, we can't find 32 quarterbacks who can play in the NFL reliably i mean there's there's what maybe like we could find wait hold on no no no. i'm talking about playing at the level of you know that you have to now because you have to process you have to be you have to basically be a coach on the field you have to know so much now and be able to react in real time it's not just arm talent and physic and you know there's so much more that goes on to it now than even 15 years ago being a quarterback 20 years ago so it's just crazy to me we, we can't yeah this is probably uh a podcast for another time but this is always one of the takes that gets under my skin so thanks for that tyler which is just simply like there are 32 teams in the nfl only one of them can win the championship yeah. um there's only going to be one who's the best quarterback in the league that year like there are 32 guys on this earth that have those positions like the idea that there isn't enough talent to go around the league like i just don't buy it and it's the same thing with college football when we talk about like, oh, these teams are terrible or that is good. Well, like if the measurement is who's going to host the national championship trophy every year, then sure, everyone else stinks. But that's the, again, the benefit of the college football game is that there are so many other ways to have a successful season. So anyway, I'll stop on my rant now just to say like <laughs> there is plenty of talent to go around in the NFL. Yeah. So I disagree at quarterback. We can get in that another time, Nate. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Let's do that. I mean, if you want to, I will buy the argument, you know, expansion has watered down the talent pool. Like if we, in, in professional sports, like I, I get that argument, but the same level, it is what it is in the sense of like, if you've got 10 teams and the 10 best quarterbacks are going to be who makes it. If you've got 32 teams and it's going to be the best 32 people that can play quarterback or, or thereabouts. I understand that sometimes some teams have a backup that's better than some other buddy, somebody else's starter. Um, but I think we, we, when it's win at all costs and we don't realize what we're trying to do, I think we get ourselves into these kind of well, twisted I mean, arguments. You got to figure only, you know, what, five to seven percent of high school football players even make it to college. And how many out of that make it yeah. to the NFL? Probably another three to four percent. I mean, is what it ends up being, maybe less. So, I mean, it, it's crazy. I mean, there's not for lack of talent in, in America trying <laughs> to be an yeah. NFL player or no. quarterback. They just can't. It's hard to make it in in, in uh, football, no matter college or the NFL. Yeah, and I think even when we're talking about this uh, this argument around Saban and his success and the rest of college football, I think I was counting up. I think there's 13, 13 teams. Different teams have won. It might be 12, 12 or thirteen different teams have won a national championship in the BCS or the college football um, era. So like ten percent of the sport has won a championship like it's just hard um not everybody's able to do that we don't like to say that i don't usually like to say that but uh there's only a certain amount of teams that can do this um that doesn't mean that the other teams 
are necessarily terrible or bad or shouldn't play, but it's just, I think we have to name that at some point. Like what, and that makes, you know, fanboying over Saban, Jason, you know, makes sense, right? Because he's been able to do something that's really, really hard and he's done it really, really well. For and a long a period of time. A long yeah, period of absolutely. time. That's, you know, say, say, you know, same goes for Brady. He did it over a long stretch. And, you know, when you see greatness over a long time through multiple teams, multiple eras of a sport, you have to stand up and applaud these people. Thanks for joining us today. You can follow us at Replay the Down on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you haven't subscribed yet, make sure to subscribe to our podcast, share it with your friends. We'd love to hear your thoughts. What if Alabama hadn't hired Nick Saban? How would it have changed college football? That's our show. I'm Tyler. I'm Nathan. I'm the biggest Nick Saban fan in the world. (laughs) And join us on our next episode as we replay the downs.